Hey guys, thanks for listening to Matt Likes Girls. This is episode number like 13 or so, I don't know. Uh, I think it's episode 13. If it's not, I apologize. 12 maybe? I can go to the website, mattriggs.tumblr. Nope, I don't even know my own website. Matt Likes Girls. That's it. Matt Likes Girls. I'm typing and talking. Dot tum. Blair, that's with L R dot. Guess what? Com. Uh, or I could have just went to this. I'm really good. Let's see. Uh, episode eleven. No, that can't be right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12. It was. It was episode number thirteen. Way to go, me. That's fantastic. Oh. I'm so proud of myself, yet I took 45 seconds trying to figure that out. This week, we have Lauren Vino. Uh, you might have heard her on the hit podcast, Bad News, Good Timing, featuring myself and Joe Fernandez. She was our guest. We double dipped but before Bad News, Good Timing. This is sort of the prequel to that episode because we recorded Matt Likes Girls, but we didn't put it out until a week later. So... This Listen to this, then go back, listen to Matt Likes uh, Bad News Good Timing. It's a new podcast I got going on called Matt Likes Bad News Good Timing. Uh, it's where I talk to <laughs> the guests of Bad News Good Timing about uh, girls. Um, one point of fact in this episode, and uh, it's weird. Uh, I hate having to do this, but it's true. About halfway through the episode, I uh, talk about how I uh, was kind of excited because I had started dating a young woman. Uh, it's true, I did. I did start dating her. Uh, saw her on Saturday, actually. And then after, uh, she came to see me do stand-up comedy. Uh, before we talk about the young lady, I did stand-up comedy on a Saturday at uh, Your Funniest Friends at the Joint. We're there every Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Come on down. Get your tickets at yourfunniestfriends.com. But this that week we had the writers from Conan. We had five writers, uh, Dan Cronin, um, oh, I don't know, Todd Levin, Jesse Pop, Lori Kilmartin, and another guy whose name I don't remember. That sucks. Hold on. Let me take 45 seconds to find this as well. Uh, I think I can find this a lot faster. But um, we had all these writers, and it was super fun and super cool. And his name, of course, was the great... Brian Kiley. Um, we had some YFF and then uh, Kelsey Huff, who will be a, for, a future guest, and a guy named Drew, Fre- uh, Drew Freeze, who's very funny. Uh, but it was super fun, and a, a young man by the name of Andy Richter showed up. It was so cool. Andy Richter was at our show. It was amazing. So we did stand up. It went really well, and this girl that I was dating was in the audience, and Andy Richter laughed at things, and all the Conan writers were so friendly and so nice. And I was like, how could this be any better? And then the girl I had gone on some dates with like brought some friends, and uh, I was hanging out with them, and I was funny, and it was charming. We went to Portillo's, which I had eaten earlier in the day, but screw it, right, because it's delicious. And then uh, I give her a kiss in front of her friends because I'm like, should I do this? Should I not? She's like, yeah, it's fine. So I do it. And then uh, on the way home, I get a text message that says, uh, I'll read it. Screw it. I don't care. This girl's never going to listen. I think that uh, possibly gave an idea. Oh, I, I might have deleted it. I think I did. I deleted it. Fuck. All right. Well, I won't read it then. Um, did I delete it? 
what if I I did? Well, okay. Um, I deleted it because uh, she said that uh, you know what? Um, not really feeling it. Not really that India. So, um, and to be honest, it like it was fun to have someone to like be interested in, but it wasn't like. Uh, I felt like she was Cindy Crawford in that commercial for Diet Pepsi or anything. Like, ooh, just one look. That's all it took. Like, that wasn't what happened at all. So, um, but it was nice to be, have someone interested in the text back and forth and stuff. But, uh, so yeah, so that's over. So when you hear about it, don't get excited because know that it's, uh, it's in the future now and, uh, I no longer talk to that girl. Uh, and maybe I went overboard. I deleted her phone numbers from my phone. She had a Google uh, phone number as well as a cell phone. And uh, also, I defriended her on Facebook. Because <laughs> uh, screw it, right? I don't need to see her about, around, nor do I need her seeing my shit. So, um, Lauren Vino, in from New York City to do the Chicago Women's Funny Festival. Hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode where we recorded live from that. I had a great time. I've listened to it like three times. I had such a blast. Uh, leaving that day, I just felt so good. Um, it was amazing. So I hope you had fun with that. Vino, this was super fun. Uh, like The first showcase I ever did in Chicago uh, after I started like really doing comedy was with her uh, at a Grant Ryan show. We talk about Grant Ryan in the podcast. And it was super fun. It was so good to see her back uh, in the city and stuff. So uh, enjoy this. She's a great lady. Check her out on the internet, facebook.com slash Lauren Vino. Uh, and if you're in New York City, she does stand-up all the time. And apparently also goes to supermarkets and sells uh, treats or something. And if you're the people that employ her as the babysitter, uh, check her out. She's the one taking care of your kid. So that's super fun. Well, I've been doing this for around five minutes, so I should uh, six. We just crossed the six-minute mark. All right. Well, uh, get to the episode. Have fun. Uh, I'll see you next week. There's a chance it might be with a burlesque dancer. I don't know yet. This is uh, I've opened myself into this strange world now with the live podcast that I've got people asking to be on the show, which is pretty cool. So we'll see what happens. Um, enjoy the rest of your life, guys. And as always, check me out on Twitter at Matt Riggs. All right? Okay, cool. Have fun with Vino. Well, feel free to sit either on the edge or you can relax. It's up to you. It's all about. It's all about. Oh no, it's understandable. Yeah, you'll see your own voice. It's kind of fun uh, okay. to see what your voice looks like in blue. I. Yep, you just made that little thing. Oh, that fat little thing, and I made. It's weird that I made the skinny thing and you made the little fat thing. Because it's what the are, exact what are opposite. You saying? It's the exact opposite of what we are. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> nice. Um. So. Yeah, this is fun. I know you, but I don't know you very well. So yeah, this will be, be fun. fun to to learn such. Yeah. And feel free if to, it's I, I like more of a conversation, not just me like, Where were you born? Where are you from? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's just have a good I don't know why I had to like tell you how to do a podcast. I because no, I'm not good. Like a bad date though. You know sort of you, I've you had a few mean? I've had a few that were like that, were like bad dates. Uh huh, where it's just like I I get it. Like yeah. I'm here too though. Yeah. yeah. Like I you know, are you just gonna sit there quietly while I think of something to say? Yeah. Um, I don't understand why people would be like that on a date. Are they nervous? You think? I think so. I think people, some people are more comfortable with silence than yeah. others. But um, I've been like that on dates before too, where I'm like, in retrospective, I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> Do you? But did you not like the person that you were doing this with? Um, I think I was just not used to. This was actually really recently, where I was okay. like, um, uh, I hadn't been, like, 
really hung out with anyone that was not even romantically, but that wasn't a comedian since okay. I had moved. And sure. and I was kind of in like comedian mode where I wasn't necessarily talking about myself. I was mm. just like, but kind of riffing the whole time. Sure. Just like it necessarily wasn't about, all about me. It was more like, yeah, I had like, I was like a little manic almost. Okay. Because I hadn't been like around normal people. For normal people. It sucks that we, yeah, but I totally understand what <laughs> yeah. you mean. Um, I've recently gotten back into the dating game. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's awful, right? It's kind of awful, although I've, it's I've fun. gone really lost. Like, I just, if there's a date there, cool. If not, I'm yeah. not going to fight for it. Um, but I have another friend that's doing it, and he's more of the, like, oh, I gotta, I can't show the real me because no one's going to enjoy this. Uh, yeah. I'm more like, this is what I got. This is what I am. I'm just going to be me, and if they're into it, cool. And if they're not, then I'll pay for the meal and we won't hang out again. Like, that's the way I look at it. I think I think that's the best way to date. It's yeah. like, to not care. You know what I mean? Otherwise, like, because you see the people that do care about, like, and really, like, want to find a relationship. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, they're, like, hiding stuff about themselves. They're trying to, like, be fit into, like, what, I, like, trying to be a person, like, that someone else wants. And it just seems like such a fucking drag. Right? Yeah. Like, why do you have to, I don't know, I don't like acting, so why do I want to act like a different person around other people? Well, and also we, like, tend to make less time for relationships than most people. So it's mm. like, like, if you're going to be taking away time from, like, going to an open mic or mm. writing something, it's just like, if you're going to be shitty about, like, the stuff that's important to you yeah. or whatever, it's like, what's, yeah. I don't know. We're so good at being selfish. Like, yes. That, like, why? Why would you have that v- variable? Seems like you know? being selfish in a relationship would be. Well, obviously you shouldn't be, but mm-hmm. it seems like it would translate well. Yeah. No. To be more. I don't know. I I feel like a relationship should be two selfish people who are all right with each other. Yeah, and then if it's two of them, they're just self sufficient. Yeah. Not selfish. Yeah, and that exactly. seems healthy. Yeah, yeah. That seems better than two codependent people that are just it's like wrapped so up inside gross. each other. It's easy that. Yeah. Like you just don't I'm so baby baby. I'm so baby baby. Uh, it's like uh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, no one wants to be around you. Yeah, or like I mean even even people I like, you see the the, the be like go from one relationship to another we're like is being single really that bad i think it's fun to know that i'm totally cool by myself no matter what maybe they don't want to be viewed as like man whores or women whores they just like oh i want to fuck a lot but i can't do it without dating yeah i guess i have to date this person because i slept with them that's probably you should just be able to just fuck people yeah well um that's our puritan society though i think Yeah. yeah and it's more yeah because um yeah, it's not actually like that yeah. natural or whatever. I'm not no. one of those weird like polygamous types or not polygamous. Um, what are they called? Polyamorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, You're polygamy, not a polygamy is a man thing. Yeah, it's a man's game. How many wives do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to have a bunch of wives. Wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any like weird, weird mean husband stuff about it. It yeah. would be more just like a gal's colony i wouldn't mind having a couple husbands to be honest like yeah. i don't know how to fix a car uh, i don't know how to uh, build stuff so nice. that would yeah. be amazing someone yeah i'm not gonna have sex with them but i'd love to have them around and hang out yeah and have them come home and like complain that they don't need to be like emotional because they pay for things Ex- <laughs> yes exactly like a, a dad thing i can have a bunch of wives and a bunch of husbands uh-huh. and they all have sex with each other that's fine i don't give a care yeah it's but i just you really want a cult i think is what you want i think i know what <laughs> yeah Without all the bad cult stuff. Yeah, I don't want to like murder people or go to heaven or whatever. Uh-huh. I just want to just have a house full of people that can do anything I want them to do. Yeah, a self-sustaining community. Yeah, that, 
that you rule over. <laughs> like that. Should, well, I don't necessarily know if I have to rule over it. I'd like to be in charge, but I don't necessarily want to be yeah. a tyrant. You know, cults aren't that bad if you if you can like yeah. look at them idealistically. I mean, they wouldn't work in in, in actual real life. It's like but, communism. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know what I mean, it sounds nice. I was it sounds dri- like summer camp. I was driving around this group of kids. I drive trolleys and double-decker buses. Oh, nice. I was driving around this group of kids, and all of a sudden, like, they're third graders, fourth graders. Uh-huh. We start talking about communism, like, really in-depth. Like, they're not, they're not, like, why do we need money? Like, why can't just people just work and get stuff for free? And I'm like, uh, I don't think this is the adequate time to talk about this. Like, I'm this supposed is, to tell you about Chicago. I haven't mentally prepared yeah. to talk about these things. I was like, well, because why would you try to be a doctor when you could just be like a, a whatever, like a baseball player and get paid the same amount of money? Like, why would you work harder to do something? Yeah, why would anyone do anything? No, I don't know. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't like doing stuff. No, I don't like doing stuff um, either. But Can I get paid to be a podcaster in the communist society? Um, I I think so. Were there entertainers? There had to be entertainers, right? In the I, I feel like, yeah, but it, that's weird because that introduces a level of status that's not money based. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, which would be interesting, because I feel like that would carry more weight when there is no like economic hierarchy. Like more of like a Star Trek society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of not. It's more socialism, I would think. Everyone's mm-hmm. just together to do one goal or whatever. That's true. So it's like, yeah, fame is a little selfish. So there, but there would still be fame in the society, I would think. I think How does there would that be work? because people, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that's why communism doesn't work is that people can't people just aren't entertained enough and they kill each other like, that's it that's the reason it's not that the people at the top hoard the money it's, it's and everyone the lack starves. of it's the lack of comedy and podcasts that's what it in is in a communist society if that we could send this podcast back to the 80s communism would have never ended I think that's, yeah, that's why we all end up murdering each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bread lines would have been replaced by comedy club lines. Uh, and it would have been two water minimums because they were so poor they couldn't afford drinks. I think we solved it. Yeah. You're welcome, America. People need to be listening to this. Uh, this is an important show. It's so important. And I like girls. Um, I feel defensive when I say when people say the title. It's like it's called it's called the show? Girls. Yeah. Yeah, I like that show. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Um, and, but I feel like I'm defending myself, like, oh, I don't, people, as if people are saying Matt doesn't like girls, as yeah. if like the gay rumors going around, but it's yeah. not. I just thought it was a funny title for a show. Yeah. It is funny. Yeah. Um, I, I like that it's like, yeah. It's not very clunky. No, it's very blatant. <laughs> Matt likes girls. What's the show about? He interviews girls and um, Kevin Hogan. But yeah. yeah, Kevin Hogan's kind of a little bit of a girl. What do you think about it? He is. He's, I mean, he's a dude, but he's, Definitely. Yeah. On the girly. He tries to be tough, but he's mm-hmm. such a girl. Yeah. All right. So you're in town. Uh, yes. By the time this goes up, I think the festival will be over, but you're in town for the Chicago Women Funny Festival. Is that what it's called? I am. Yeah. I think I, I keep butchering the name too, but yeah. it's a, a part First of, annual. Yeah. It's part of Sketchfest, I guess. Okay. Um, so that's cool because I, I mean, I, um, I kind of started out, I didn't, wasn't doing like performing sketch comedy, but writing that. So it's like kind of like I've never been involved with like, sketch fest okay you know yeah um so that's kind of cool but i was also coming into town anyways because my mom was retiring oh. so it was like a four-day difference so yeah. i just extended my trip that's so exciting what what did she do she taught sex ed for like really five years yeah was and that, driver's ed like all the fun stuff she just taught the eds yeah um, the eds. was that good for you growing up it was funny actually i mean my first joke i ever wrote was about like her being a, a sex ed teacher sure. 
Um, but like, I mean, my parents were always kind of like goofy people. Like, um, I mean, not were they're alive. Yeah. Um, but as uh, the, as of the recording of this podcast, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Let's knock on wood. Um, I don't think that's real, but that's fine. I see. Yeah. um, But, uh, (laughs) yeah. Neither are superstitions. Well, so that's but people fine. might be listening to this hundreds of years in the future, and they might that's go look at your parents. That's true, and yeah. and then that would be a lie. Yeah, um, that is that is fair. But yeah, no, um, my mom was very like it, very much like wanted to talk about embarrassing things a lot. Like we'd bring home like pamphlets and like um, I remember there was like a like a big puberty kit she gave me. How old were you? Uh, I was probably like ten or eleven. Okay. Um, and I remember I was like, I was kind of a tomboy too. And I just remember getting really embarrassed and super pissed off about it and mm. like refusing to talk about it. But it had like posters and like pamphlets and like tampons and like oh, wow. Q and A stuff. And like, it actually ended up being like years worth of fun between me and my girlfriends of just looking through this stuff and giggling. Yeah. Like, I think I had a uterus poster on my wall for most of college <laughs> that was from that kit. Yeah. Um, I think I ended up giving it to probably, I think I gave it to, a dude I had a crush on, and he yep. put it up in his apartment, which is super creepy in retrospect. Yeah, but actually uh, kind of cool when you think but about But yeah, it. I mean, he's engaged now, and I kind of hope he still has the uterus poster up. Um, just checks back on it every once in a while. Yeah, and I'll be like, remember, this, right? yeah, remember me. Yeah. yeah. That's um, how I leave my mark. So wait, this goes here? Okay, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would, yeah, it is weird that as kids, like, our parents do stuff for us, we get mad at them, but then, like, it fucking worked. Like, you did look over it and all uh-huh. that stuff. So. Well, like, it's maturity. I feel like you appreciate embarrassment more. When you, as you're a kid, you don't understand what's happening. And you sure. get frustrated. And you're like, screw you, mom, dad. Yeah. I'm never talking. But, like, now it's like, that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's funny, you know. My dad had the sex talk with me when I was 23. <gasps> um, that's amazing. Yes. I was living with them. I had dropped out of college, and I was working at amusement parks during the summer yeah that's the life i live that's awesome uh yeah it was actually that, super cool yeah it's very like that movie Adventureland. it's kind of like Adventureland, <laughs> but i lived it for five years um but i was going to visit just a friend at ball state university and my dad like calls me out there and he's like uh like even muted the tv so that's important i think uh, it's still he, on when he hit me where you're like holy shit oh, what's happening like, yeah what's, i thought maybe they're kicking me out i had no I idea got, someone was, has someone's sick or dead yeah Yeah. sure like my mom wasn't there i don't think so like Uh something could have happened there she's live as of the recording of this podcast (laughs) um knock i feel like uh that's fine um so he he just sits me down (laughs) and he's like uh matthew um real quiet i was like oh shit what's going on uh just want to let you know that uh you know if you ever uh get a girl pregnant uh you probably did it with your dick. Well, <laughs> like, no. that was that was up for me to think about. Uh, I think you should uh, you should do the right thing and uh, marry her. That was it. That was the entire that sex talk. Is the most wholesome sex talk I've ever heard. Yes. Um, yes. Just, I was like very much like not that wasn't even the birds and the bees. No, there but were, it, that was like a a bird has a responsibility mm, to yeah, a bee. Yep. Um, yeah. be a man. Be a man or a bee. I don't. I'm not sure. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll be a bee. That's fun. <laughs> or are you the bird? It doesn't matter. Uh, that is a question. Is the man the bird or the woman the bird? Because the man has a stinger, but the bird, the bee loses that stinger after it stings. Uh, and a bee seems like a smaller, so yeah. it's like the daintier one. But the bird, I mean, chicks get called birds sometimes. And Nelly Furtado a- was like a bird. Yeah, she can fly so, away. Uh, we got like equal columns here. Yeah. We could go either way. Thank God we made that T-shape before we started the podcast. <laughs> 
But I had learned that because my dad, my parents, I put it out there. I don't care. My parents got married because my mom had a baby inside oh. of her. It was my brother, Mike. Okay. And I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily think now if I were to get someone pregnant, I would necessarily have to marry. It's a different time. Yeah. It's it's definitely more normal for people to just be yeah. friend parents. But that was like 74. So, I mean, that's a different time. Totally. It was way before I was even alive, man. Yeah. You got no response. It was pre-9-11. Yeah. So, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing had changed. Let me ask this because we, we'll get to it, but you moved to New York. Uh, a lot of 9-11 talk out there. Do they kind of squall it? Um, well, I was actually out there for like an 11 day stretch before I decided to move. It was during the like 10 year 9-11 okay. anniversary. Yeah. And I remember, what date was that? Um, Sometime after it was, August, it was in like, like September, something. Yeah, it, it was post August. <laughs> okay, all right, um, good. Uh, but uh, and I remember when I I texted my roommate I, at the time, which was Marty. Um, I'm familiar with him, Derosa, and um, that it was like I was like, "What do you think? Like, if, like, am I crazy for wanting to move?" And he's like, "Are you just caught up in all this 9/11 fever?" <laughs> 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 um, but no, I mean it's it's not that weird. I um. I'm not just good about like sightseeing. I, I haven't like, I'm one of those people that I'm weird about going to the memorial because I honestly, I didn't, I don't know what I want to get out of it. If that sure. makes sense. I don't, I don't really know the reaction I want to have or like, yeah. it, which is weird. Like, so it's like this weird, like avoidant thing, but, uh, it looks pretty cool. Like it almost looks like it was worth those buildings coming down. How neat. This thing <laughs> looks. It is. I mean, it's an institution like now, yeah. you know, yeah, but, weirdly. Um, but I mean, I've heard different things about people that have gone. Like, I have a friend who was visiting who went, and she's a very like dramatic person, mm-hmm. um, with 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 good reason. Like, you know what I mean? And kind of wanted to have a very raw experience with it, and was disappointed in kind of how um sterile the experience was. Is that's her, how she described it? Of yeah. it being this very like sort of cleaned up, like let's let's make people. Remember, but not too upset. Sure. And she wanted to. She wanted to ball. She like, wanted like have video screens of the planes hitting the whole time. I don't know. I mean, like, but yeah, but like, and I, I think that's what made me realize it's like that's why I've never gone. I don't know what I want to yeah. experience. I don't know what I'd be okay with, or or how I'd want to feel after that. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna respect the people that like actually kind of lived close to this when this happened, and, yeah, and listen to them if they want to talk about it. But sure. I don't really have any opinions i don't feel like a right to you know it's hard to when you don't you didn't live there like I, I was living at that amusement park that i talked about yeah like how could i relate i was to in that? social studies yeah and i remember we had to evacuate the school because there was a science fire and it was right after we had seen the towers crash oh, so no. we were like what the hell is going sure. on they're coming after our school <laughs> Bu- yeah it was like buffalo grove high school's not safe yeah <laughs> we will take down the world trade center <laughs> the Pentagon. <laughs> And Buffalo <laughs> Grove High School. But yeah, no one knew what was going on. But it, like that in comparison, like we all remember that day. Yeah. But in comparison to people that were actually there, you're just like, no, my story yeah. is completely insignificant. Sure. You know? Well, my thing is I have probably too many jokes related to 9-11. Yeah. But I wonder uh, if I went to that place, I don't think I would. I would probably make jokes because that's how I deal with emotions. But like, I feel like I would, I would get something out of it if I went. I'm not a heartless bastard. I do think people are. 
like a good joke, I feel like, well, if it's about 9-11, it's not going to, it's still going to get a response. I don't think yeah. people are like, oh, I'm not even going to listen to that. Like I've sure. heard a couple too of people that like I respect as comedians and joke writers that, you know, that sometimes it is a mixed bag of like, it definitely builds tension, but yeah. you still get some payoff or the payoff if it's. Sure. You get some ooze, but I don't necessarily know if ooze are the worst. Yeah, right? A times joke can be super fun. Yeah. Um, Especially when it comes with laughter afterwards because it just feels like you earned it a lot more. But when it comes with dead silence, Uh I did that at a show. At the first YFF show, I did a joke that people took as very racist, but it wasn't racist. (laughs) Kind of. It it definitely toes the line of racism, but it's about a black Santa. It's like a weird thing. And, uh, I like it, it just met to dead silence. And like, I have it on tape, just uh, dead silence. And I felt like I'd ruined the show. And I went up first and I was like, fuck, I feel like I've ruined our first show. And it took me like three days to get over it. Blow me out of the crew. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the whole set was going great. And then I do this one that I thought everyone loves. Michael Palsack's like, that's a good joke. And he's I've had so many things like that. I had a joke about like blackface. I remember that. With, like, I remember just doing it a bunch of times and it going well. Yeah. And I did it at one show and it just, like, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, I'm going to be paying for this the rest of the set. You sure. know what I mean? Like, no matter how, what joke I do at the, after this point, it's just going to be trying to get you to forget what just happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why I like to end on them, which yeah. some people, if it works, it's, it works really great. And if it doesn't, it's kind of like, well, now I don't really have to try anymore. I get to leave. Yeah. You have an exit strategy for sure. Yeah. And you can kind of, I mean, the funnest, the, the the only like kind of pay up to a joke really bombing is being able to kind of acknowledge how bad it is and then to be able to get out of there and not have to follow that with something else yeah. is like i mean probably the most re- relieving way for a joke yeah, to die you just kind of screw over the people behind you but yeah that's yeah, true whatever um, yeah yeah. So you did. It's not all about me. No. No. <laughs> no. It's it's a little bit about them. Um. So <laughs> you said that you started out more of a sketch writer. Did you take like classes or? I did. I um. Well, I started doing like improv and like sketched up when I was like twelve. Like oh, wow. when I was really young. Back I, when you had a uterus poster on your wall. Yeah. Um. No, I think I was. Uh, I think that was in the drawer back then. Ah. Okay. I um. I grew up in Arlington Heights, and they just had like one of those like satellite Second City places. My mom, like, read about it in the paper, like, that kind of old thing of, like, yeah. and I was always, like, the weird, like, I want to do comedy stuff. So I was, um, and then I just, I was, like, we're going to be in high school, so we kind of just was, like, yeah, that's good enough as being in high school. Sure. And just kind of lied, um, and then did that all through high school, um, and then, so I wrote, I started writing jokes, like, that, like, because I was all through high school, basically, because oh, wow. I did, like, speech team stuff. Yeah. Um, which is super nerdy, but like, you've got to write your own things. So it's like, I definitely kind of just had the broom to, and test them in, on audiences every weekend. That's audiences very nice. of nerds, but that's, and teachers, but that's actually better. You sure. know what I mean? That's yeah. how I met, um, Joe, actually. Me and Joe go back to. Oh, Fernandez? Yeah. Oh, nice. To speech team. We went to speech camp together. Oh, that's and awesome. competed. Yeah. yeah. Was he awkward then, or was he? He was awkward, but talented. We were just, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the, like, young comedy nerds. Sure, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then I went to college and stopped everything completely, which was weird. Yeah. I kind of like, when I went to, I was like, I could either like do theater and that kind of stuff totally, or I could stop. I had like no sort of sense of nuance. It was all very extreme. And I kind of went into this like three year academic mode of just like, I'm going to be a professor or writer uh-huh. or just yeah. like right, that early 20s, really pretentious. Sure. I read a book front to back. I'm the smartest person alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and then got really burnt out and started writing sketch again. So okay. that's what happened. A, a long answer to a simple question. <laughs> yes, please, more. So what were you writing these for? Like, were you just writing them for fun, or did you put on a show? Or? I did, well, I did, like, the Second City, like, sketch writing, just the basic, like, classes, and just met people through that. So okay. we would, I kind of built up, a, like, a portfolio of um, of sketches through that. And then I met um, a teacher there who's also a really funny writer, Joe Janes, mm-hmm. um, who was just really awesome, and he had these um, workshops after I stopped paying for classes at Second City, there were like, like five dollar donation. It was up oh, in like wow. uptown. It was awesome, and you got the same feedback as you would at like a Second City class that you would, you know, yeah. pay hundreds of dollars for. And I really got the same thing out of it. So I kept doing that, and then I met a couple other people. So we produced a couple independent shows that we just. That's how I met Jamie Campbell. That's the best way to do it. That's, yeah. that's why I quit the Second City writing program. Because mm-hmm. I had already produced some plays and stuff, and I, got I didn't want to act. I I wanted other people to perform yeah. my sketches. I didn't want to. I didn't give. I didn't want to be an improviser. I didn't yeah. want to. Um, I just wanted people to perform my stuff. All I wanted to do was write at sure. that point. I was more upset the fact that you spend all that money for classes and then you put on a show that you have two sketches in and people pay for it and you don't get the money and I got really frustrated with that. But and there's so many other options when you think about it. Where it's yeah. Like, if you're 18 and you don't know any any better, and I think you can barely. Hear it, you it, if you're like yeah, if you're like young and you don't really know how to get into your, into what you're doing, mm-hmm. it the classes are a great way to meet people. They're a great way to g- give yourself deadlines and it definitely got me writing again. Yeah. Um. But uh. After that, it's like, you know what I mean? You can make your own kind of, com- you can stand up it. You sure. know what I mean? Where yeah. you kind of just make your own sort of shows. And, um, it was fun to cast it. And there's like the Gorilla Tango Theater was the first one we worked with. And like, they're, they're very friendly with like, you know, um, sort of do it yourself kind of shows. They yeah. give you rehearsal space. You have to, I, I mean, I, 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 like you pay money, but you get it back if you, um, get, if you bring in enough people, yeah. yeah that's you know the first I mean? show I ever did was actually a girl tango. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's like some people don't have money to put up front, but yeah. like the fact that like it was a really fun way to invest in yourself and like and see your your work um, on stage or whatever. It's so fun to cast that stuff too. It is. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't direct any of the shows, but I kind of mostly because I was just like in school at the time and mm-hmm. couldn't really commit the time or to. But, like, I've always had, uh, yeah, I, like, liked watching, like, even just watching people do that was sure. fun for me, yeah. you know? Have you done much sketch recently? Like, I didn't even know that you were in the sketch, and I've known you for a couple of years or so. I really had a problem when I started doing stand-up where I couldn't write long form anymore. Yeah. Um, so, I'm starting to get back into it, but it's more, like, sh- more videos. Okay. Um, um, and so I'm trying to like meet more people to like actually put stuff of quality out there. Yeah. Um, but I like stuff like that. Um, I mean, cause you write jokes when, yeah. and I feel like I, we all go through this kind of cycle of where you have a couple new jokes and you're feeling really funny and then you feel like I'm never going to write another joke again. I'm it's all right gone. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really a healthy for me. It's been better f- for me to get out of those funks by having something else to work on and feel funny and creative with. Mm-hmm. That's not me looking too closely at a joke or why it's not funny. Yeah. I think that's why I like the podcasts have come in mm-hmm. very handy and they've sometimes led to jokes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, um it's a great medium for like stand up. It is. Also, I think having sketch writing as like a number two or whatever, sometimes you do have an idea and you try it on stage and you're like, that's never going to work on stage, but that could be a sketch. Or and I a don't video. do characters really on stage. Like, I mean, I have, um, 
I have some act outs and stuff like that, but I feel like my style is very much me. I like, even when I started doing the stand up because I had started in sketch, a bunch of my bits were out, like I would try characters and they would just never no. work. And, you know, I mean, I was still very new too, so it's not like I stuck with that sure. route and evolved, but like, um, but yeah, it's fun to write for other people. You know what I mean? When like, yeah. it, it's a different, um, it's, yeah, it yeah. opens up different ideas but it is hard uh i've come into the point where i've realized how lazy i am like mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous how i have all these ideas of things that i want to do and i just want to sit here on my futon and watch documentaries on netflix and totally. it's like this is the worst how i need to figure out how to become motivated in life and it's hard too because you always feel like i, I feel like when you do other stuff like that it can take away from stand-up so it's mm-hmm. like that can also be an excuse to be lazy but also um you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. well, I am a comedian. That's my, what I do. That's my skill set. That's what I do. Sure, yeah. And you kind of want to get as good as possible as that first. So you don't want to do too many things to take away from that. Yeah, it's bad enough when you have a full time job plus trying yeah. to do comedy and yeah. Um. Ugh. Uh, uh, a relationship on the top of that. Oh, how do people? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but it would have to be like a "Hey, we see each other every so often" type thing. Yeah, and that's weird because I was just like, I was talking about this with a friend of mine. I'm like, honestly, if I was in a relationship now, I'd be shocked if the person didn't cheat on me because yeah. it's just like not that I think I would deserve it or anything, but it's just like I would never want to see that person. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so when I would, I would probably be kind of a brat about it. You know what I mean? Like kind of kicking and screaming of like oh or thinking about what else i could be doing sure Um, yeah which is a real fun person to date i'd imagine (laughs) i i'm Um, looking for just that uh so if you're into long term uh, or long distance i mean no that would be horrible actually maybe long distance might work for you i the last like serious relationship i was in was long distance was it good or bad um, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was like a good, like, I thought it was a real relationship, but like, I mean, I was a child, like, I mean, this was like two years How ago. How old are you now? I'm 26. Okay. Um, but like, I mean, I, I thought that that was like, like the relationship and it was just easy. That's why like, it seemed like so serious. It was because I didn't have to change any of my life. Sure. And then I had this, this boy on the phone that would tell me like he loved me and that you, you know what I mean? Like those or go on these like sexy vacations, you know what I mean? I mean, they weren't sexy. They were like, we're poor. Yeah. But yeah. like, but just, you know what I mean? Like to we're, see, we're together. But this, ro- city, ro- yeah. this romance thing, um, of just like, yeah, everything happening in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's super fun and it makes you real crazy, but, um, it's like not real life. You it's know? almost like, uh, and I know you've done some online dating. I hope that's yeah. not, cause oh, no. we, I saw you on an online dating. Yeah. Website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I emailed you. I was like, I know you. Um, I love finding comedians on OkCupid. It's makes it's almost more fun than finding matches. Yes, <laughs> Jesse Baltez sent me a message like, "You want to fuck?" And I was like, "That's awesome. Thank you for looking for me, Jesse Baltez." Um, <laughs> but like, when you first start emailing people on there, it's mm-hmm. like you, you get the get to know you stuff, and it's like fun, and you're like, "All oh, these emails back and forth are fun." And then I don't know your, but I used to like do that and then phone for a little while and like super fun. Yeah. And then you'd meet in person and it would be like, uh, that's why I don't, I try not to do too much. I, I have, I've been on three okay cupid dates or okay. three, well, one person I went on out with twice or, but like three different people, two in Chicago, one in New York. Okay. Um, and I just, I don't like the whole like chatting before, like too much before yeah. I like, I lose interest okay. really quick. So I'm, I'm like, um, yeah, it's either like, okay, well, like, 
and then like meeting someone for coffee or yeah. or a drink never like a long mm-hmm. committed date yeah. you know what i mean like some dude invited me to like go to like a, a first date at his like school they were having like a a play or something like that and uh-huh. i was like that's way too much that's a lot yeah like that's people you work with and like i don't even know if you're secretly gross and creepy sure. like yeah you know? <laughs> yeah that's like a that's like you're trying to get an alibi for like oh yeah, see i'm a yeah you're gonna know. murder me for sure murder. uh i'm currently as of i don't know if i should talk about it but as of the recording of this i've dated a girl three times off of okq oh so that's that's pretty good it's pretty good we've had food three times okay it's going it, fine and she's fun to hang out with. she's super fun she's a lot like me which is weird okay um, because you wouldn't think that there would be a girl as weird as that. I like but. that part about the internet dating too, where it's like if people are actually honest about who they are, you can kind of like you can kind of gauge certain aspects of compatibility before you meet someone. That is true. I mean, sometimes it's crap, but yeah. you know, but like sometimes it actually is pretty accurate. Well, I I hate the filling out of the online forms. It's so stupid. I had my friend help me. She helped someone else I knew. So I was like, oh, I'll come over. Having a girl help is, is, is I think, a solid mate. Yeah. Dude. I should have a dude write mine. You should have a dude It's just going to be like, dick, dick, dick. <laughs> I like it. I want it. And I love the smell. Um, but actually That's what, really funny. What ended up happening was uh, I just tried to make her laugh the whole time by writing. like I'd write serious for like three lines and then be like, and I'm just looking for a girl that I can put my seed in and kill. Like, it was just, obviously, that's not what I want, but it's just fun but to, to make test, her laugh. like, a girl's sense of humor. Like, yeah. if, a, if a girl can, like, look at that and be, not be like, oh, my God, is yeah. he serious? And, like, actually get that you're being, yeah. and, like. I ended up taking that off because I was know? like, I don't want to be a, the okay. Yeah, you might get flagged. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause I don't want them to know that it's better. It was a surprise. Yeah. I had a picture of me in a bikini as a joke, which is my Facebook picture yeah, yeah. that I ended up taking off. Cause I was like, I was like, no, this will help weed out the creeps. I was like, no, it's just like flooding you with creeps. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I hated going through the pictures. I even like, I went through my Facebook thing and I picked out five pictures and I saved them all as desperation one, desperation two. I was like, this is horrible. Why it, do we have to do this? It is. So Facebooky in some ways, though, too. But yeah. I also feel like people use Facebook as an online dating website sometimes. Too. I, I don't know. I don't have the guts to do. I that. think it's a com- creepy comedian thing. Um, I'm not going to name names, but but no, I even do sure. it too because I I'll flirt with people via Facebook. I'll instigate that too because there there is this weird sort of like like you're isolated and like it's there's it's like safe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I think I. I I don't think it's unique to comics, but I think a lot of comics do that where it's like, yeah, I'm going to send a message of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, test the waters. Nice. And uh, the worst they do, do you think it's worse for them to say no or just no response whatsoever? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would say no response. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's like, you know. Like I wasn't good enough for you to respond to. Like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean it sends it sends a clear message. Um Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just kind of like the okay Cupid date I went on in New York mm-hmm. with um I, I was I I was admittedly super weird on the date. Okay. Um but uh yeah, no, I like I messaged him kind of afterwards and like not, no response I was like, Okay, I get it. like you know what I mean? Yeah. But so you were you might have been into it. I was. Well, I think I was into the fact that I hadn't hung out with anyone that wasn't a comic in a sure, while. Yeah. I was into the fact that he lived alone and had a real job. Yeah. Um 
but other than that, it's just like you're cute. You're not that cute. Like, yeah. You know. Did you want to like write him back three days later, being like, "Fuck you, man! No one does this to me." There was there. There's always that part of you, I think, of just like I. You can't fire me. I quit. Kind of <laughs> yeah. like relational thing. Um, but I'm a little bit better about that now. I okay. think um, it depends on the person. Like, I think that's I think that happens to me more when I hook up with a friend, like uh, like a friend of mine, which is kind of bad form in general. Sure. Um, but I, I I think that sort of instigates more of that part of me of like, no, you don't want me. Yeah. I don't want you. You Screw know you. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, Grant Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> totally he looks good yeah you know? he's away. yeah yeah totally. i doubt he'll ever listen to this but um, hello grant i was kidding around yeah um did and you, you a show at, out in new york i did how was it i had fun i think it was one of the first ones okay. um and um he uh there's another comic that he lives with who i absolutely adore so it was fun to perform with her uh nice. lady by the name of yamanika saunders yamanika saunders she's very very funny okay um, but yeah, so it was it was just a pleasure to perform with her too. I just found it weird when I saw that he posted in the Chicago group like, "Hey, if anyone wants to come out, whatever." I was like, "That's nice," but he also doing a show at the Underground Lounge, which is where he did his show it's in Chicago. Super, super weird. Um, and I live in Harlem, so it's actually one of the like I love that venue because it's super close to where I live. Okay, it's actually a really cool space, and um, I think I mean I'm not that familiar with it, but I think they're just like transitioning into like a full time comedy venue because oh, nice. it used to be like. Music, like a kind of mixed okay. place, so yeah. um, so that's promising. All right, it's good. good it's not like the underground lounge here, where I feel like that was like kind of a dead zone Comedy for shows. Goes to die, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be those places anywhere you go where they're just. There's so many shows there and none of them ever, like, they're comedy cursed places. Yeah, which made no sense because you walk in, you're like, oh, this right, should work. This, yeah, this totally low other, ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, the stage booze. is a little back. That's one thing, I guess, but. Yeah. Good location. It doesn't yeah. make sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but that's it's cool. Probably ownership, I would guess. Um, but actually, no. The Grant Ryan show I did at the Underground Lounge was one of the like, m- like funnest times I've had there because he got people there. And, yeah, like, you know, it was no, a he's fun good show. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good work, producer. Grant Ryan. Yeah. Good work, Grant Ryan. I don't know why. That, yeah, we we really. No, I just made a reference of something I know, that we knew. I, um, I felt yeah. like I had to apologize. Good, good guy. Yeah, no, he is a good guy. Um, He's one of the first people that gave me a show. In oh, right on. Yeah. And he let me do 20 minutes when Beth Stalin couldn't. So that was the first Thank time you, I had Thank you, Beth Stalin. Thank you, Beth Stalin, for having to go do Brendan McGowan's goodbye party so I could do 20 minutes. I appreciate that a good deal. And it was <sighs> fun. Um, yeah, I think... I don't know if that's where I first met. That might have been where I first met you or at least talked to you. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. And then comedy sports, too, after that. Sure, of course. Um, But, yeah, which is a really fun place. That was a very fun place. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do it more. If you're listening to Jamie Campbell, I'd like to do it more. Yeah, come on, Jamie. No, I said, yeah, Jamie um, was in one of my first sketch shows I ever did. That's right. You Um, you were saying that. Um, Was he good? Because he's hilarious. Yeah, he's super, super awesome. And he had just moved back from Oklahoma or moved here from Oklahoma. He was still in grad school there. So he was on sabbatical and then just never went back. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. We did a show on Saturday night after YFF. Uh Uh, He put it on at the playground where he took the playground theater, allegedly, and uh, took it 100 years into the future. And you were going to see what comedy was like in 100 years. That's amazing. It was super fun. His sketch was awesome. Joe McAdams was hilarious. I, I love I love all those people. I did a thing with Andrew Halter where we did uh, telepathic Abbott and non-telepathic Costello. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, where Halter would just like put his hand up to his head and I would do the, 
What's the guy in first? The guy in first base. The guy in first base. Like See, that. that's the exact kind of sketch stuff that I miss and that I feel like works really well in, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with stand up. Like I feel like it's just those, it's good to have all, all of that. Sure. You know what I mean, I don't think it's like, yeah, you don't want to do anything that takes away from stand up. I feel like that stuff adds to it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, just funny people being funny, man. Yeah. It was uh, like six we in six hours we put together this thing and it was super that's, fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's just so much fun because it's just like it's like literally being a kid and putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Because like we do stand up and like that it's not that it becomes like autopilot because it shouldn't, um, but like you are by yourself and it is sort of this like thing that you work on and and Taylor, where it's like this idea of just like getting together with your funny friends and being mm-hmm. like, let's do something wacky. Sure, right? Like, to know, like, it doesn't uh, matter. Like, it's just fun. It's, it's so, like, it's like being a kid. It's the best. Yeah. Um, and I, um, yeah, it's like, of course I want to do stuff like that. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's so much fun. I feel like more stuff like that should happen every day. I mean, I guess it's not special if it happens all the time, but. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's good that, to have people like, like Jamie and you know, um, like that do both mm-hmm. and do both almost in an equal capacity. Cause sure. I feel like some people do one primarily and, and dip their toe. I mean, myself admittedly, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the people that can just do them both like yeah. with that, like level of intensity, um, like, like, yeah, Vaderot, like mm-hmm. TJ Miller, like sure. those great people that like, if, like left, it's just, it's cool to see people so good at, at two things yeah what does help like i know jamie works at comedy sports and Mm -hmm. he gets paid to perform so like most of his thing is performance so Mm -hmm. i would guess if i could eliminate the 40 hours a week that i was driving a vehicle around that i could do more More time yeah it's the it's it's all math which is which is insane it's all like this like numbers game of like how many hours do i have to work to to be able to live Uh how many sets can i do how many jokes can i write how many ideas can i develop you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and it's it's very i uh, it's cool to think of it that way, but it's very upsetting in some it's ways. Very <laughs> like I end up not going out because I work. Well, the one advantage of my job is that I do hold a microphone and I talk for most of the mm-hmm. day. So it's like I'm getting. Can you riff? Hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do a lot. I, I haven't gotten fired for it, if that's yeah. what you're asking. Well, yeah. basically, we can create our own tour. So as long as people don't complain, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but like at the end of the day, I'm like, I've talked for 12 hours. I don't want to go sit at a mic. Um, but like last night I worked from eight thirty in the morning until six thirty, and then I went to an open mic and it was like, I felt like I accomplished something cause I actually did it and not just went home and watched it television. It feels like work. Yeah. yeah. And like it's sh- in some, I feel like it should, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, like, and like knowing that like, I'm not doing this to not necessarily cause it should be fun, but like I- I'm doing this because, because I need to do the the work sure. as opposed to like i like i used to go to open mics kind of with this like selfish sort of priority of like i wanted to experience like have that experience of performing and the validation of laughter but not really have any concrete ideas of what i was working on mm-hmm. and being there and i was like like that's a little naive you know what sure. i mean and i think that's a little like asking too much from open mics now like l- looking back on it where like as now i expect things to be shitty and not in a negative way not no like oh yeah all my open mics are terrible yeah but like you have to just dis- decide on what's going to be productive about it before mm-hmm. um like knowing that no matter what you get dealt that you're going to get something out of it sure. you know yeah um but yeah uh it's kind of, yeah, the work frame of mind. Uh-huh. I had like a month period where I was like, 
I'm going to try to go up with nothing just to get the t- the time to like be up there and be comfortable and just coming up with stuff I on the spot. I still struggle with that. Like yeah. now I have this thing where I get a little obsessive of like, I don't like doing jokes unless they feel like they're done. Mm-hmm. I-, I try to crowd work more than I used to, but I do have this thing of like, I don't want to put something unfunny out there or just something that I can't stand by or explain to myself after the fact yeah. why I could justify that as a, as a joke. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because uh, I, I feel like when you do go up all the time, I would do this a lot here where I felt like I needed to do new things mm-hmm. um, to justify going up, which I think is a good impulse. Yeah. But then I would just kind of go up with premises that weren't done yet. And I don't write really on stage well. I write off stage mostly. Um, and then I would feel shitty about these premises because that could have maybe been developed, but I'd yeah. walk away feeling like that they were the worst things in the world just because I didn't wait till they were done. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to eat a cake when it's 20 minutes in the oven. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you do, but yeah. And you, sometimes you still do. And but, it's actually good, but, but you, sometimes. But, but you want to do it less. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Good analogy. <laughs> Thank you. I just. I just thought of that, and I kind of want cake. I think those are the two things. I, I yeah, always do. So uh, you moved to New York, uh, what, six months ago? Probably? October, yeah. October. Um, so what are the? I mean, obviously there are differences in the city, but I'm curious, as in like the stand-up arena, mm-hmm. is it much harder to get up, or do you just have to know where to go? I mean, it's a large city. You would think there's something going on. It's not harder to get up. I can do. 12 to 14 sets a week oh, if, wow. I, if i allow like if, if i put my, myself through that sure you know what i mean yeah um i um there there are a lot of op- it has a reputation for like being like you have to pay to go up there are open mics you have to pay for it's so easy to avoid those though yeah um and then are it, those good like is that why they're you have to pay or are they just crap in my opinion no i mean they're mostly club open mics okay and i have no i admittedly have never been to one um not on print not any on any big principle of like i don't pay for open mics but just from people i've talked to that get up in clubs yeah you're not going to get booked from that no one there is going to see that all you're paying for is to get up in front of a different audience of people yeah than before um you know what i mean and and sometimes I do, like, there are some open mics that I feel like are better and more fun and more mm-hmm. representative of a real audience. I try to actually only allow myself to do those, like, w- after I've done a bunch of harder ones. Okay. Um, it's like just, almost like eating, going back to cake, it's like mm-hmm. eating your dessert after you ate your peas or whatever. Yeah, because I do. I, what a food analogy I do going some on pe- there. I do, like know some people that I think are very funny that do like not the easy ones, but the ones that do have a little bit more reward, um, and, and tangible payoff, um, more consistently. And I feel like the people that really put themselves through the ringer and really go at it, like, you know, this isn't, I'm not the first person to make this analogy, but like a boxing match. Sure. Um, I, I feel like I, I'm so much more interested in their progress and, and like look watching that and being like, Ooh, I want that. You yeah. know what I mean? When you say like hard, harder, do you mean like there's little to no audience or do you mean like the audience doesn't like you or mostly comics? Um, you... all, th- all of the above. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that everybody doesn't like you. Sure. Uh, um, I, uh, I know a couple comics that like I hang out with that I think are very funny that kind of run in the circle of just like they're tough on people and like you kind of have to earn it. 
and it takes a little while. Like, yeah. um, I, like when I moved there, I, I mean, you start off going to open mics and like writing, like I was writing jokes, but I was also doing material because I was like, this is new to all these people sure, and trying to sort of prove myself as funny. And what I kind of learned quickly was like, okay, this can get me by as someone that is going up, but like to get the respect of these people i needed to write better jokes and i needed to do that right away um um so in that regard um and again that's you're that's not pandering the comics in my opinion which it can look like yeah um for sure because these are comics but it is more of like this exercise of like i i'm in this place right now where i'm nobody i don't really i I know i want to get better all i'm going to focus on is getting people i think are really funny to like you yeah, yeah. And, and not like me as a person, but my comedy to resonate with them sure. and for them to respond to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was kind of my goal for my first six months there. I, My first week, I was like, I got to get on shows. I got to freak out. And then I kind of realized what was happening to me comedy-wise. And I was like, I'm going to chill um, yeah. and just focus on getting funny people to think I'm funny. Okay. And, and, and if that's not happening, focusing on what I'm doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And that helped so much. Yeah. I, um, I think that helped a lot just to like calm down and not feel like entitled to being on anything, which I didn't go there with thinking I would be. Yeah. But, um, I think when you're in a place for so long, um, like I was with Chicago, um, I wouldn't have called it entitlement, but it, 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 looking back on it, it kind of felt that way of just like, no, I should be on shows. I've earned this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like, I haven't earned shit in new york sure um and you kind of and then that combined with like a clean slate um um i think is was good for me at the time i kind of needed that it was like a but it probably i mean how long did it take till that slate wasn't as like it would be so frustrating if like a year later you'd gone from six or however many years you're doing stand up here to like just getting no traction in a new city would have been horrible i mean i'm guessing now that there's there's traction I feel, yeah, traction for me, like, I, I feel like I didn't know what that would look like when I got there or really what I wanted to get out of it. Yeah. But for me right now, it's just like I'm little by little getting on, on shows. I'm learning a little bit more about, like, the path of, like, getting, like, passed at clubs, you know okay. what I mean, and sort of the process of that and what I need to do to that. But mostly, I just am a fan of my comedy again. Good. You know what I mean? And yeah. I wasn't, I didn't like what I, I didn't, I knew that I had some funny things when I left. I, but like, and I knew that I was a funny person and I knew I could write, mm-hmm. but I didn't know really what I did well on stage. I didn't really know who I was as a comic. I had a lot of bad habits that I kind of considered my style and I didn't realize that they were like just, what? um, I mean, I guess the most obvious would be sex jokes. I mean, I okay. totally still talk about sex on stage. I'm a 26 year old single woman. Sure. It's kind of a part of my point of view, but at the same time, I think, when I was living here, again, I didn't really know what my style was, but I remember just a lot of those jokes working mm-hmm. and being scared to really deviate from that. And sort of the conclusion based on that was my style is sex jokes. <laughs> this is what I do. I talk about the real sex. Uh, and it's not to say that those don't work in New York. People really aren't impressed by that, though. Okay. Um, and I do think that there's... Um, a specific kind of group of comics that kind of get a reputation for that being what they do. And I learned very quickly when I was out there, I was like, Ooh, I don't want to be that. And, um, and I also had all these jokes I had written over the years that I, um, 
wasn't doing on stage that weren't about sex at all but i would like i would maybe throw them out there at an open mic and not get the response i wanted and be scared to ever say it again so it was this really fun process of like trusting learning how to trust what i thought was funny again and being like well no this was a good joke and and doing that again and getting like this whole new response of being like okay my brain does work like i i you know what i mean i just wasn't really looking at it the right way um so of course i still talk about sex but it's um a lot more mathematical again where it's like you know 20 if i do 20 percent sex jokes towards the end of a set Mm -hmm. um the payoff is astronomically more than if i did eight minutes of just talking about fucking you know um, I'm gonna talk about fucking. <laughs> Actually, dick, dick, dick. Yeah. I might next time I go on stage just start by saying, um, "Guys, I'm gonna talk about fucking." Yeah, I mean it's tricking, and again, it's like this weird science and like manipulation of tricking people into being comfortable with you saying those things, sure. as opposed to just hitting them over the head with it right away, because it's like not everybody is my girlfriend that wants mm-hmm. to hear about you know what I mean, like the. The impulse to be that natural is, I think, good comedically, but not understanding yeah. um, other people's comfortability. It's like a weird nurturing thing. Me and my friend were talking about that, where it's just like, you want your audience to be okay. You want them, you know, you're, you're not pandering. You just want everybody to be, to be all right. You yeah. know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. That feeling of them, like, not feeling bad for you or if it just enjoying themselves is amazing like i did a, yeah well or not feel yeah well, the, an audience like feeling like the, yeah you like they missed something or like they're uncomfortable it's like i did it wrong yeah you know what i mean like like that's not them that's i, I did something wrong I yeah. missed the mark yeah that and and that's audience by audience i every once in a while will, i do some stuff about being a big guy because i'm yeah. a big guy and i'll have audiences that don't laugh at it they're kind of like Oh, like they feel bad for me because I'm a fairly likable person, I think. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't want to make a fool of himself. But it's like, I'm doing it. I I wrote these jokes because I want you to laugh. It's not yeah. because I'm trying to show you how horrible I am or I don't know. Yeah, even with not just sex, but just any sort of self-deprecation yeah. as a woman, like people are just like, oh, and you're like, I'm not going to cry up here. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if I did, it would be hilarious. The like, stage is for jokes. That's yeah. why I wrote this. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And I think, I also think that like um people kind of are I think that's sort of like therapy as stand up has become a little bit more um like not I wouldn't say hacky, but definitely more saturated. Yeah. Um so I think there is this like impulse of audiences now to sort of if they sense that it's going that direction to to not really listen to jokes mm-hmm. and like get uncomfortable with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um because like they they kind of have this image of, you know what I mean? Like a comedian meltdown or, which yeah. I love. I love comedian meltdown. Those are fun. <laughs> Those are very fun to watch and make fun of later and participate in. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're super fun to have. I love, there was one night at Will's where I said some joke and it dead silence and I just started laughing. It was like, that dead silence feels better than any laugh I've ever gotten in my life. Like in that moment, it just felt tremendous about how much they didn't like me uh, sometimes a bombing can feel really funny like, yeah it, it's I, like i prefer to feel that way you know what i mean when something's so bad you're like i just have to this is so terrible it's it's good sure you know? yeah so what's it like because i mean t- for the most part we don't have anyone here in chicago that's like 
known anywhere else that's not Chicago. Yeah. Um, but you're going to a market where there are people there that we at least know as comedians yeah. and other people might yeah, know Yeah, people as like, well. yeah, on TV and like, sure, yeah, yeah, just like running in so the same. Do you see these people a lot or? Yeah, I mean, like bigger names you see dropping on shows that I'm like, you know, in no hurry to get on. You yeah. know what I mean? That I'm being patient about, but that I enjoy shows where you'll see like, you're like Jim Gaffigan's job. I love him. It's so funny. Um, yeah. yeah. And you'll see, you'll definitely see people pop up like, yeah, Maria Bamford, who like mm. was in town not too long ago. Um, and like, so that part, that aspect of it is cool because it's just not even in the like a star sighting way, but in the like actual comedian nerd way of just sure. seeing people really work, you yeah. know? Um, because when they're here, it's an event. They're here for an, to do an hour at a club or uh-huh. Lake Shore when it was around. Exactly, whatever. and this is them developing all that stuff that they're gonna to bring bring to those theaters. Yeah. This is the, the like the early stages, and it's like they're not club shows; they're bar shows. That's yeah. I think that's the cool part. Sure. Um. Yeah. Like one of uh, my first weeks here, like uh, Gary Goldman, I saw, and I used to like watch him on like Last Comic Standing. Sure, he's great. Yeah. And it was just like like those kind of just nerdy moments of um, but just everybody being in the same mix. Mm-hmm. I have this weird anxiety of like I don't tell any, I can't talk to any of those people. Yeah. Like I can't bring myself to be like I love your work or anything. I'm just like I'm like I feel like I need to be in a position where I'm at least you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing something to for my like compliment to Matt, which sounds really like, no, um, but I, I totally understand it. <laughs> I was talking to, uh, our friend, Bestel, and who went out to the East coast. I love her Great young lady. Hopefully she comes around. She can be on the podcast, mm. but she told me a story that she did a show with Dana Gould and someone was like, this is best. She's really funny. And Dana Gould was like, yeah, I'll, I'll decide that for myself. Like, just yeah. all funny. I was like, that's hilarious. I love that. That that's, would be so great. Yeah. And you know, I respect that too. Cause yeah. it's just like, and cause it's not really like this weird, dick thing or this no. like hubris that doesn't like have any they have they back it up sure, like they, that's just their career like yeah. you know the career they've spent decades on yeah. you know what i mean i weirdly feel that way about someone that's starting for the first time i don't know well, exactly i mean yeah. like I, i've been doing this less than five years and i consider myself like kind of like to have discriminating tastes sure you know what i mean i, I well, we're comedy fans i mean there's people that do stand-up that i don't think like stand-up comedy in a weird way but uh, that is weird yeah it's very strange but i i still watch specials i still want to see people do stand-up i love that i mean listening to the podcast watching stand-up like is what my favorite thing to do when i don't feel funny when i don't like when i feel like i'm not gonna don't have a new joke Mm -hmm. and um i I think it's fun to just binge on stuff that's good yeah you know what i mean and to not um get too in your head about like i'm never gonna be funny again (gasps) but just to absorb funny yeah product i have two new stories that are two jokes i'm doing now that i'm i'm happy with and it had been two months since I'd written anything else. Yes, new story too feels way more awesome than a new yeah. joke just because it's like, yeah, it's, it's meatier. It's longer. It feels like a couple jokes. Yeah, like that set I did at YFF, it was eight minutes and I had never done any of that stuff on stage before. So like, that's so much fun. That was fun. Because yeah. now I have another eight minutes. Yeah, or, no, that's, but, and that's the thing. I think that's what makes stand up at our stage the most satisfying yeah. is because you can get, I used to get way too upset about the wrong things. But just refocusing every day, I'm just like, what am I building? You're yeah. building, you know, an ass. I'm building a mystery. I'm like Sarah yeah. McLaughlin <laughs> or whoever sang that song. I don't even know. I don't think it was her, but um, I want to be an idiot. Um, <laughs> all right, so we can get a stand-up for a second. Um, 
I did this to Chicago. I came to Chicago. I knew no one. I'm guessing you knew a couple people in New York. Uh, a few, but it was nice to like start over okay. like, in a place like where you. I I knew some people through comedy, but I really didn't know anyone outside of comedy. Okay. So I had no real foundation of like normalcy. How long did it take for you to uh, get accustomed to New York? I mean, it helps that you have like. What helped me with Chicago is I had the internet, so I could learn how to use the L. I could do all that kind of stuff. Like, how long did that take? It was actually really easy. Um, uh, I mean, not super easy, but like, um, yeah, I mean, there's smartphones now, so that sure. I'm definitely married to that. But I also, um, I, I live in Harlem, so it's pretty easy to like, it, you just go is up. Harlem dangerous? I hear Harlem is dangerous. I mean, I feel like any, if you're poor, you're gonna, there's gonna be some criminals living in your neighborhood sure. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but in, you know, I never really feel unsafe. I feel like New York as a city as a whole is like, is a really safe city. And it, like, I try not to be naive about it. And like, there's certain things of like, I live super close to the train. Mm. I have a 24 hour, like, convenience store right outside my apartment door okay. that like, they know me. I know them. I pop, I treat them like doormen. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I try not to, yeah, be like, have my phone out late at night. Like, like all those things that you would do to be aware mm. in Chicago, I feel like a plot. But, um, but yeah, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't think it's, that terrible. I don't think it's any sketchier than like a Brooklyn neighborhood. I'd be able to okay. afford. Or what would you consider it to like in Chicago? Like what kind of neighborhood? Uh, uptown. Uptown. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I sometimes call it uptown. Yeah, I live in <laughs> uptown. Is up, so. You know. Yeah, I don't even know the layout of New York. I I need to come there. I want to come. But yeah, it, it no, totally. But it's it's pretty easy to get around because it's like, um, yeah, it was pretty easy to figure out, and mm. I felt like I. I felt very comfortable living there a lot faster than I thought I okay. would. I anticipated it being more difficult um, to just get accustomed to not just the comedy part, but like yeah. just to everyday pragmatics. Okay. Um, I feel like it would be like moving to bigger Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely pretty like pretty accurate, but, and then in some ways it is its own animal too. Mm. You know what I mean? But like coming from a city like Chicago definitely helps the whole like transition and not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not being just having that culture shock of a city for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, that would that would be nice because I had that when I first moved here, and I was like, what? what? Where's black people? What? And you just have so yeah. many more places to go because it's so bigger. So you're like, you can do this like the Manhattan thing, and mm-hmm. like, but you can also go like, like out to Brooklyn and hang out in Park Slope and not feel like you're in a city, like in the middle of a big park or like, sure. you know, like Harlem is like. This old kind of Harlem's really pretty, mm-hmm. um, but it's just like all this like old architecture and like really old beautiful parks. Um, um, so yeah, it's like you can kind of it's almost like being able to be in different states. Like wow, you yeah, know what I mean because you just kind of each like place has its own like kind of vibe. You each know what I mean? Borough. And then I I drive too, so I like um. Will sometimes get sent like upstate or like you know what I mean that kind of stuff for like, for what missions? uh work okay um, um pirates booty okay the, I was the wondering snack what... company yeah um, oh cool yeah they won't listen to this so I don't think I'll get in trouble well you we're not saying anything bad yeah no they rule yeah they're the yeah. best yeah well at first when you said pirates booty I thought you actually meant that they send you up to get the uh, treasure booty. yeah yeah you're like okay don't be a jerk tell yeah. me you actually hey, did. stop. Stop it. Well, because I think you also, you nanny as well, I right? nanny too. So I thought, why would they send you upstate? To get cheaper cigs? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but they live up there too. So I get a good kind of, like, 
upstate small time and vibe mm-hmm. with nannying and then Harlem and get my all my black people in my sure. old architecture and parks and yeah. Manhattan you get your rich people and your, your tourists yeah and your places to go like I mean go out or do shows or you know whatever and then you have Brooklyn where you go to be cool or pretend you're cool it does um, seem like whenever I listen I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and it seems like everyone talks about Brooklyn a good deal I like Brooklyn I had kind of a chip on my shoulder about Brooklyn when I first moved there I was like yeah, yeah screw that place like I I like Harlem let's I, like and would joke with my friends like that lived in Harlem I'm like if we get a few more of us we'll never have to go to Brooklyn again <laughs> yeah. um, but I like Brooklyn I'd move there if I like living in Harlem is just closer to work okay you know? Yeah. Um, if I, if I could afford it, I'd live there. It's, it's, it's a cool place to live, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd be more social if I lived, um, I'm not antisocial, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I'd do more things that were not just comedy socially, um, if I lived in like Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, is it, cause I know like in Chicago, let's say I want to, like one of the re- major reasons why I don't go to an open mic like Coles is because it's very difficult for me to get to because it's in a different part of town where I'd, if I want to take the train, I'd have to go all the way downtown to Logistics, all the way up. Yeah. Is that the same in New York or do they have trains that sort of like connect at different places? Or No, I mean, there's some places like... Let me talk to you as if you're the New York tourist. Well, it, like for example, there's one open mic I really like that is in Brooklyn mm. and um, it's... Literally takes me at least an hour to get really? to via train. Um, and, and how far would you say that it is, like via car? Like if you were to be able to drive there. That's or walk the thing. Um, Sometimes I ninety percent of the time I try to drive somewhere to take uh, for it to take less time and end up taking more time. Oh traffic. wow! Okay. Traffic is kind of maddening there. Okay. Um. Uh. And then so it's it's usually not worth it. Like I have my car mostly because like I want to try to keep it to like dabble on road stuff. But sure. it, like as, if I can keep affording it. Um, and keep my overhead low rent wise, you know, I'm going to try to keep it. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I try not to use my car, um, okay. except for like when I have to for work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when I, like, I would do that a lot when I first moved being like, I'd be running late to a place or would be like, Oh, I'll just drive. I'm going to take the train. And I, it would take me longer and yeah. I would just be so frustrated, um, by just like sitting there. Sure. Um, so, uh, I'd rather like sit on a train for an hour because then I I don't I also don't have an iPod so I don't like listen to anything. Okay. I I do write a lot when I'm just like sitting, you know, being quiet yeah. or observing. You know what I mean? I've gotten plenty of joke ideas just that like that way. So it's like it's become a very like productive part of, um, yeah, my joke writing process. I can't do it. Uh, if I don't have an iPod in and I'm on the train, I, my brain just starts creating these fake scenarios where, like, That's I'll have fun. arguments with people in my head. I love fake scenarios. Do you? Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I mean, you're a crazy person, but yeah, but I feel like I eventually want to write things like that. I don't know what they are yet, so I'm like, I always feel like, oh, that dialogue will wind up somewhere. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that does help with writing sketch because your brain just starts writing the sketch. Your, your brain head. works in dialogue for yeah. sure. Like yeah. I, I, you having like dialogue fantasies, I feel like is a very, um, very much a crazy person thing to do, but mm-hmm. a writer thing to do for sure. Yeah. Um, do normal people have that? Or do they know. just think, gotta go brush my teeth, gotta go to the bed? Like, I think they do. It's like, it's like that Seinfeld of like, the fantasizing of like, w- those comebacks that he would have otherwise had, like the jerk store or sure. whatever. Um, I feel like everybody has their element of just like, having an interaction and then fantasizing about how mm. the interaction would have 
otherwise been. Yeah. But sometimes it's fun interactions that never occur to fantasize about those. Yeah. Maybe I need to take more advantage of those instead of just listening to Tuning podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, yeah, I don't always get jokes from them, but it is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm also just, I got my iPods stolen from my car like five years ago and just never bought a new one. Oh, it's also wow. like a lazy economic. Yeah. I mean, I have, a, I guess I can put music on my phone now, but um, I have the technology. Do you have it? Um, All right, but, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quit bragging. Um, Humble brag. Yeah, but um, yeah. It is sort of like a weird brain theater because you could just sit back and allow this craziness to just happen. It's almost like daydreaming. It is yeah. daydreaming. And yeah. honestly, I feel like like a, a responsibility to like use crazy thoughts for something creative. Otherwise, I'm like, then I'm just a crazy person. You crazy. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I, like if this is it turns out to be a joke or a sketch or you know what I mean, a scene in something, mm-hmm. I don't even know that I like what I'm writing for. Um, like. At least that's something, and I feel I can feel like a writer or an yeah. artist, and not like a not a lunatic, a person on the verge of a psycho, yeah, psychotic break. I think yeah. it's the verge is once that you have the conversation, but half of it's coming out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the not understanding what like that it should stay in your head mm-hmm. is what separates you from the crazy people. Yeah. Um, or not stay in your head, but you know what I mean. I get those moments where, like, where I'll be in the shower and I'll just say something. I'm like, why did I talk? I'm in the shower. Like, that uh, makes no sense. I love talking to myself. It's super crazy. But, like, um, that's what I love about driving. That's another reason I don't want to get rid of my car is that, like, driving by yourself and, mm-hmm. like, running bits or even just talking yeah. out an idea. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah. Super crazy, but or so much fun. Or making fun of people around. Like, yeah. Just like, hey, they're a green shirt or just yeah. something. Yeah. No, that is fun. You're like, yeah, doing crowd work socially. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Totally. Can never shut it off, Lauren. We're, so, we're always on, Matt. Um, <sighs> well, in a fun way, I think. Not in a... In not in a, yeah, validate me, I'm going to cry kind of yeah, way. That's, um, that's, I'm glad um, I get that way sometimes. Um, Every once in a while, you got to be, right? Yeah. We all we all need a good meltdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yesterday I was just super emotional for no reason. Not even about comedy. Yeah. But I was just, I, like, I was admittedly so a crazy So you have crazy other person. feelings that aren't comedy related? I know, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, this wow. was about my parents oh, not sure. being happy with my life choices. <laughs> Do you think your mom, like, how old is your mom? If you she's, I think, 55. She or retired? she's in her mid My parents are in their mid-50s. Is she going to do something else? Or is this, like, it? She's just going to... She teaches night school. Like, she can still teach, but, like, she can only work just... a certain amount of hours. Okay. Um, without it, like like affecting her pension sure um and then she has all these weird like fantasies of like i'm gonna work at trader joe's like, <laughs> that kind of thing and she's yeah. a, she's a busy body for sure okay. so she'll i i am a little worried she's gonna be in new york a lot but uh-huh. I, 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 which i'll which yeah, will you be got fun. bunk beds you'll have a place for her to stay i know me and my dad shared bunk beds it was pretty sweet yeah mm-hmm. nice um yeah um and i had really bad insomnia the whole time because i didn't have weed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so your dad doesn't know about that? No, he does. I just like, I like, like, for, you know what I mean? Like, my parents, they have, they know. Sure, um, but you did it as a gesture. Yeah, as a polite thing. And also, I just didn't make time to do it. Yeah. To, like, to go get any. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't do that, but, like, I went, I took my dad to a Reds game or a Cubs mm-hmm. Reds game when he was here. And, like, I would have loved to have had some beer because yeah. it would have made sitting outside in the sun a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, but I was like, he doesn't drink. He's a minister. I'm not going to yeah. just be the drunk son with the non-drunk dad. Like exactly. That's... It's all those like boundaries or whatever. Yeah, and I, respect. I, I'm admittedly like, I wouldn't say disrespectful, but I am more prone to sort of testing those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've, uh, 
I've like tried to get my parents to smoke weed before. Oh, yeah? They admit that they, they have. They told totally, my parents are very like, they're kind of like the cool parents. Like my dad was in a funk band. Like oh, wow. my mom teaches about boners. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like if your mom's in New York and she's yeah. 55, she's retired, she'll spark up a J. Yeah, I mean, and they're, yeah, they're, they, they definitely like take a lot of pride in being like the cool parents. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they could not get peer pressured by me, but they could totally get peer pressured by one of my friends. Yeah, you should do that. You should make your friends. Let's yeah. see exactly. This yeah. is weird, but see, let's like, test it. Let's see how far your mom will go. Uh-huh. That, like, your mom just is addicted to meth now because you're one of your friends is like, you should get wet. I know. And I'm just like, yeah. oh God, she just wanted to be cool. And now, uh-huh. and now I have. I'm I got, responsible. I got more teeth than my mom now, so that's that's so, an advantage. Score. Boom, baby. It's hotter now, mom. Uh-huh. My, my mom's hot. Um, I bet she is. I have kind of a complex about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not always, but she like lost a bunch of weight when I was in college, and I'd put on a bunch of weight. Okay. Um, and she would call me and be like, "I'm wearing your pants from high school," and I'm like, "I'm the heaviest I've ever been, <laughs> and having a really hard time dealing with it." Yeah. Um. Oh. But, I'm so glad I'm not a lady that has to deal with that. Yeah, I think I had, like, a lot of weird stuff before. Like, my parents, I don't hold them responsible, but they're very, like, appearance-centric people. They're good. They look very good for their age, but they're both, like, a little... My mom, not as much as my dad. My dad's, like, an obsessive, like, exerciser. Okay. And, like, just very, like, weird about that kind of stuff. Like, Mm. got, like kind of shitty with my brother for putting on weight when he went to college and i remember being in high school being like are you guys gonna get mad at me if i gain weight like and i like i you know what i mean they're not bad people but they're very just like their kind of lesson was always like people are gonna judge you for how you look so that's why we're gonna we're prepared we're not being judgmental Mm -hmm. we're preparing you you yeah exactly you may say that but you're definitely Um, being but that was kind of like their sort of outlook and it wasn't just with like weight or like being attractive it was like you know what i mean like Mm. your hair has to be like a certain don't wear stains on your clothes yeah exactly and i was a gross person i like i when i i would get like i was that when parents are rigid about this kind of stuff you you rebel of course sure of course so like i didn't never wanted to wear like like get my hair fixed or i was such a slob for like Mm -hmm. most of my childhood and adolescence because it was like a rebelling thing. It wasn't because I didn't want to be attractive yeah. to dudes. It was like, I was like, it was more of a screw you mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear a hand-me-down Blackhawks jersey for three years Woo! straight. Like yeah. you don't, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. My parents were more hands off. So I just dressed yeah, like a, a, a 16 year old kid would with no fashion sense. So I looked like a big idiot most of the time. I feel like the hands off about stuff like that is kind of the way to be yeah you know what i mean but um but yeah no they're cool now all right they they think i'm skinny and pretty you know? oh hooray <laughs> and they're judgmental uh, so you know yeah they're, exactly they're they're, the yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> good work lauren's parents uh my parents uh oh they won't on. listen to us i block no, them on never. facebook hold on one second i got joe fernandez yeah hey joe fernandez what's up sounds good i'll talk to you later but he's going to be five minutes late. We're doing another podcast after this. Should I shout it in the background? We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> We're over an hour. And now I adore him. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, um, and that podcast will be out before this one. So listen to that one. Yeah. And go back and do that. Do. Um, Retroactive right. plug. Yes. Yeah. Listen to Bad News Good Timing with Lord and Vito. Um, 
That's a fun podcast that I like to do. Nice. Um, well, I feel like we're coming up close on the end here. We've been yeah. talking for almost uh, over an hour. I think we did good. Yeah, no, it's I think we fun. did well. I, it felt very easy, which is the best way to have a podcast. I love podcasts. Yeah. The, the, that part of it of just like, you know, yeah. hanging out, ripping. We're just chilling, just, living life. Yeah. I laugh Chatt- when you say something. You laugh when I say something. Chatting up, online dating. Mm-hmm. You know? Talked about that. Grant uh-huh. Ryan. Life was good. We, we, we dropped a couple names. Uh, but Joe and Marty. Way. No, yeah. no, we didn't yeah. make fun of anybody. All good people. Yeah. All, all people. Of should positive, we make fun of them? Thing. Oh, I yeah, who the, should we shit on before we leave? No, nobody. I'm just but <laughs> I had on. Uh, this will be number two of the producers of Riot Comedy because I had Lisa on. Oh, I yeah. No, it was. I hung out with Lisa the other night, and it was okay. really nice to catch up with her because it's hard to run a show with people. Sure. And like, and you grow apart, and it's just like nice to like. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it was nice to catch up and be buds. And, sure. like, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's good people. Um, so I doubt I'll have the third one because I don't know her as a person. But, uh, well, yeah, and I don't think she does comedy anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, yeah. But, um, Renee is great too. She's yeah. very funny. And, yeah. um, but yeah, um, if she gets back in the circuit. Yeah, I don't know why she stopped. But, I don't. I mean, I don't know why any of us keep going. To That's be honest, right. you know what? Touche, touche. Uh, but it's a disorder. I have no other friends though, so that's kind of what's going around. Is like, oh, I know I'll have people that know me at this place. Yeah, yeah. no, and and uh, I know I is as stressed out or burnt out as you get. I know mm. I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. I agree with that. Yeah. It's really fun. I mean, although I was super tired when and. Uh, on the verge, I found this out later, and this is horribly gross, and I apologize. Yeah. On the verge of diarrhea. I made it home, but on the uh, verge. Exhaustion diarrhea? No, That's... it was more of horrible food. Uh, poor diet. I had gone to, I went to Burger King, and then like, uh, two hours later, my anus became the Burger King drive-thru. We just <laughs> instantly came out. But, um. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I went up, and I did four minutes, and I had, the best time that I had all day. So, like, I was glad that I went there. And it was fun seeing my friends as well. But uh, yeah. that is, yeah, I don't know. I get so down on myself sometimes where I do like, I don't want to go to this open mic. No one's going to want to see me there. I'm not, I don't feel funny. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. And in reality, no, they do. I think there's a sort of point I think everybody reaches where you're just like, I'm so okay with eating it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing about that upsets me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I occasionally, if I'm just sensitive or just emotional, I'll, yeah, anything will upset me, including yeah. bombing. But for the most part, where it just doesn't hurt you. No, it's kind of fun to go no, up there. And it's just liberating like, to not get, to not care. Yeah, it really is. Cause, uh, although I still, as much as I hate it, I still like when I do bad and I feel all, it's in my head and I'm like, oh, Jesus. There, oh. Yeah, that, you learn from that, and it shows that you really do care. And there is, yeah, there is something people don't l- like being depressed per se, but there is sort of that comfort of familiarity of just mm-hmm. like the like, oh, I'm really gonna feel shitty, and I'm yeah. gonna really lean into it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think feeling depressed and shitty is a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. Cheers. You're after you're done with this, you're gonna get the post podcast depression. Okay. And uh not you. You'll be fine, but the uh. people listening, they're gonna be like, Oh my god, we had so much fun. What do I do with my life? Yeah, what are we gonna do now? And uh. here's what you do. Listen next week. Okay. By that I mean I thought you were gonna say something really dark, like cut yourself. But Oh no. you can if you want to. <laughs> like that's fine. Just go uh, if you're gonna cut yourself, don't go long ways. Go go yeah. side to side. Yeah. Uh, it'll show people that you want to do it, but you're not going to die. Yeah, yeah. And just have a sense of humor about it cause yeah. later because it is kind of 
I would say, and I've had this kind of in a joke, but I never did it this way. Like, if you if you're thinking about suicide but you don't want to do it, just get the dotted line tattoo across your hands. <laughs> Yeah, to show that people is, that you're thinking about that it. That is really funny. Cause, yeah, you get the you get the reaction. You get the yeah. payoff of people being like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, but with like a little knife drawing right there to show it, what you. Yeah, forever. Yeah, because of the tattoo. Yeah. I I like that joke. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, my idea was uh, an ex girlfriend who I actually had was a cutter, and like I don't feel it's my fault. Although I did get her the dotted line tattoo. Like that's the joke. <laughs> but I feel bad doing it because she's bettered herself. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this uh, this was super fun. Did you have yeah, fun? I had a great time. I had fun too. Our both hands are up. We should high five. Yeah. Hopefully that's Got it on mic. <laughs> Hopefully. All right, guys. Have a good time and enjoy the rest of your life. Thanks, Lauren. Ooh, thank you. Bye. This has been a Matt Riggs podcast production. Are you down with MRPP? Yeah, you know me. That was great.